We begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast. We pay our respects to the Elders past and present. We extend our respect to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Hi guys, welcome to Bumps and Besties, a podcast about navigating the journey to motherhood through fertility struggles, friendship, and all the bumps along the way. I'm your host, Lexi, along with my co-host and bestie. Hi, I'm Amy. Our podcast is here to explore the often tricky, usually emotional path to motherhood through the lens of two besties on two different paths. Laugh with us, cry with us, and know wherever you're at on your journey, you're never alone because your besties are here and we have your back. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bumps and Besties. Hello, how are we? Yeah, good. I'm coming to you as a very tired mama this week, despite (laughs) getting more sleep than I usually have. Yeah. I don't know why. I think like Ted has just been really full on with his emotions this week yeah. as he moves into, I suppose, the toddler stage. He's definitely he... not a baby anymore. He's no, a little boy. And he he's... is. Yeah, one in like three weeks. So that's been full on. So it's just been like, I think I'm emotionally a bit more exhausted <laughs> than usual, but he has been sleeping through the night. So just take transition. those wins and those, those losses. What about you? How are you? Yeah, not too bad. We did a transfer and it looks like this one's probably not going to take, unfortunately. But I guess that means I will take you guys along from start to finish because we are going to start all over again. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. We will see how that goes with, you know, Easter, always Easter. Holidays. <laughs> it's always Easter weekend. I was just thinking that actually I was strapping Ted into the car while he was screaming hysterically in my face and I thought, oh, it's Easter weekend. Amy was having the worst time of yeah. her life last Easter and I was like so happy for you that you weren't having to deal with that this yeah. time. I was like, public holidays can come and go and it's not actually going to ruin your life this time. Yeah, so what we're going to do is um, I'm going to stay on the medications they put you on when they do a transfer because that will delay me getting my period mm-hmm. and then we'll just delay it till all the public holidays have come and gone and then we'll start again next week. Great so, yeah. Excellent, excellent yeah. idea. All right, guys, well, this week we are going to delve into something that might feel a little heavy for some people, might feel a little triggering for some people. So feel free to pass it if you're not in the right mind frame for it or if it brings up anything uncomfortable for you. But we're actually going to talk about body image this week and we're going to talk about it in relation to how your body changes and fluctuates through both the trying to conceive period of your life, pregnancy and then post birth. Yeah. Because we've got a sort of spectrum of (laughs) how much it can mess with your body. No matter where you are, it changes. Exactly, exactly. So I suppose, Amy, you would be the starting point because you're on the TTC with the injections and everything. So how did it change your body? How did it affect your body image? Yeah, so we touched on it very briefly when we're doing the deciding your length of the journey that I put on an absolute crap load of weight. I don't say that delicately because I used to be very slender. I had a mm. great metabolism and I could eat and do whatever I wanted. I was um, always very jealous. <laughs> it was great, but I was masking all the hormones with the contraceptive pill and I just basically didn't deal with any of the hormonal issues and enjoyed that slender life. Coming off the contraceptive pill and then putting all these hormones into your body is an absolute cocktail for weight gain. Yeah. Um, so you will see so many people going undergo fertility treatments who just pack on the kilos. The, your 
having estrogen either supplements or injections quite a lot and all these female hormones which is why you generally put on weight as you get Mm. older Mm. because those female hormones are what responsible for putting on the weight or preventing you from losing the weight Mm -hmm. and you've got more of these coursing through your body in a fertility treatment so which kind of goes hand in hand because the heavier you are the harder it is to fall pregnant yeah so a vicious cycle yeah it's a double-edged sword so i found that i very quickly started putting on weight um back when we first started treatments and hormones before we even started the IVF, when we were trying medicated and timed rounds, I started packing on the weight back then and it just got gradually and gradually worse. I probably put on about 40 kilos in total. So it's a lot. Yeah. So I would not have like to to look at you and also you're very tall. So I think you carry it really well. Yeah, I am. I'm quite tall. I would never have realized it was 40 kilos. Yeah. It it fluctuates, but my heaviest point, I was about 40 kilos heavier than I had been previously. Wow. Um, And I guess part of that probably would have come anyway as I was getting older because Mm. in your early 20s, you're slender usually. And, you know, but I think at the beginning I really struggled. So Mm. you were there to witness it. I tried every fad diet under the sun. And it was really, like, strange, like, to watch how much you would yo-yo. Yeah. Like, I've had some issues with disordered eating my entire life so I have done that to myself but to watch somebody else go through it I was just like what is going on here and like you know it would fluctuate week to week week to week yeah you would be like oh I'm only eating keto and we went to dinner one day and you were just like literally eating like strips of meat and I was like I I think it was a pesco at the time and I was like what are you eating yeah but I struggled so much with the weight gain. I wanted to just try, try everything to get rid of it. Yeah. And so for a long time there, and when I tried these things, like some of them worked, some yeah. of them I dropped weight, but yeah. I was the not keto, well in other ways. Tiny, like, but you know, the, the side effects were horrendous. Yes. Yeah, my hair thinned out. I'd send you photos being like, what the hell's going on? I think I'm getting a bald patch. Like, yeah. And it, it was coming out in clumps and yeah. you would send me photos and I could see your scalp through your hair. And I was like, honey, just, eat some leafy greens like this this is not worth it and just the the difference is like the fiber you don't get in a keto diet started messing with my stomach and all those kind of things so as much as i was getting what i wanted in terms of being back to my pre-fertility treatment weight i was so unwell in so many and it wasn't just keto like i've tried going dairy free and gluten free and literally if there's a diet out there i've tried it i've tried intermittent fasting i've done everything um unfortunately nothing is really consistent or sustainable unless it's something most of these things aren't sustainable forever no exactly and that's the thing like there is a difference between weight loss and health yeah and i think so often people just equate thinness with healthy and that like in my experience the thinnest i've ever been i was the unhealthiest i have ever been yeah and i just think it's really hard when you're going through something where you have no control over what your body is doing to you the only thing you think you can control is your diet and the only thing that seems to be really effective are the things you then can't sustain yeah so you just continue yo-yoing up and down which is awful for your health and everything else you know and realistically like when i put on weight like obviously it's not great for my insulin resistance and my pcos and those kind of things but i'm not morbidly obese like my joints get a little sore but it's not like the weight was killing me there was no need for me to be so obsessive about shedding it it was 
purely a vanity thing that I was not used to being heavier and I just didn't want to be. Um, but it's funny because in saying that, when I did manage to get back down to the weight I wanted to be at, I still wasn't anywhere near as confident then as I am now. Yeah. So I thought that... And also you didn't get pregnant. So it didn't, yeah, it didn't the help. ultimate thing of helping you to be as healthy as you can be so you can get pregnant, it still didn't work. No. And it, yeah, so we were still doing the Medicaid treatments when I was doing those things and when I'd lost the weight and my body was just in such chaos. Mm. It was not in baby making optimization at all. No. Um, because I think so many of those diets as well, because they're so extreme, like if anything, it kind of forces your body into completely ignoring that side yeah. of you because it's like, no, 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 we're in starvation mode. Yeah. We can't even think about having a baby right yeah. now. We're not reproducing, we're just keeping you alive yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, so I went through quite a lot of stages where it was so up and down until I got to a point probably about 18 months ago-ish, just approximately, where I was like, this is enough. Like yeah. I cannot keep you know my pantry looked ridiculous because there was all these shops that I would do for the particular diet I was doing that week or that month and then I'd go off that and I moved on to something else so there was a million things in my pantry half of them I wouldn't eat at any one time and my poor husband never knew what he was going to get on the dinner table depending <laughs> on what diet I was on at the point in time it was just chaos and nothing was actually helping yeah. um so about 18 months ago, I decided that was it. I was going to concentrate on eating healthier, but still enjoying it too, because it's such an emotional and mental toll oh, to absolutely. feel like you are being forced to eat things that you don't like or to abide by this diet that you are unhappy with. It just takes another little joy out of life. Absolutely. And I think the other side of it is like, obviously when you're dieting, you want to see results of the weight loss, but on the second side of that, you're, you've been told like, oh, you know, if you just lose weight, you'll have a baby kind of thing. And it's like, well, you're not getting either of these no. results. So you're not enjoying life. You're having all the fun of food pulled away from you and you're not getting a baby and you're not losing weight. Like it's just exactly. all round awful. And then we figured out that if we actually regularly monitored my blood, so my iron and my vitamin D and my thyroid and my insulin and all those things that if you have a chronic condition will generally be monitored. We, My GP and I realized that if we kept monitoring those regularly, we could see when things needed adjusting, when things needed attention. And at one point, my insulin resistance was the best it ever been. And I was almost at my heaviest I'd ever been. Yeah, but it was right. just a matter of, I was eating less processed sugar and less mm -hmm. processed packaged foods, but I was still allowing myself some wiggle room to, you know, eat things that made me feel happy and good when I wanted to do so. Yeah. And I think, again, that just reiterates, doesn't it, that thinness does not equal health in all circumstances. Absolutely not. At my thinnest, my thyroid was out of control. Yeah. Like, it, I was just not a healthy person in general. I didn't sleep very well. And I've tried multiple medications. So when I stacked on all that weight initially, I was so horrified. Before I found my GP, who I love, I tried a few other doctors. And I took Duramine. Now, some people will swear by Duramine. I see its benefit in kickstarting. It's basically like crack. Oh. So it's like being on speed, <laughs> but legally. Oh my God. So it's a weight loss drug. Uh, most GPs won't actually prescribe it these days because it is insane. It is literally made from very similar ingredients to like you were being on speed constantly. Wow. So 
I remember going to a doctor who I had been told by some friends was happy to prescribe it and I went in there and she was a younger woman herself and she just I said to her look I've put on all this weight and it's been you know so sudden like it was a quick weight gain and I need help to get it off and she didn't even ask me any questions she's like yep sure great do you what do you want to do and I was like can I just get a script for some Duramine to kickstart the weight loss now, Duramine comes in three or four different strengths. It starts quite low and works up from there. She put me on the highest straight away and I hadn't realised, I guess because I'd put on Whoa. so much weight. But so, that seems really dangerous. Yeah. So I took the Duramine and, honest to God, I didn't sleep for the first three or four days. Mm. I was ironing it. Well, I'm not surprised <laughs> if you're on crack. I was ironing at 2 o'clock in the morning and my oh husband's my like, you don't like ironing what are you doing? And I was like, I can't, I can't sleep. sleep. Can't leave me. I remember I was at work one day and I was working for a travel agent and I was sitting in front of my computer and my eyes were like right up close to my screen. And my friend at work was like, Amy, Amy, step back from the computer. Like you need to eat. I haven't seen you eat all week. And she like literally escorted me to McDonald's to buy me nuggets because she hadn't seen me eat in days. It's wild. amphetamine. Like that's what it is. It is legal speed. But because you are awake and you're burning energy and you've got no hunger, the weight just drops. Well, like of course, insane. you're in like complete starvation mode. Yeah, but the downside to that is it messes with your brain. Like mentally, it is, and this is the reason most doctors don't prescribe it these days, it's not a good place to be. So I remember when I crashed, it was about three weeks into it, and Gary came home one day and I was rocking on the kitchen floor because mm -hmm. I was just like, I'd come crashing down, I had lost all this weight, I wasn't feeling good though, I was exhausted, and I just, I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. So went straight off it. Um, as it most GPs, my current GP, very heavily against it. Yeah. Some doctors will still use it to, as a very short-term Kickstarter yeah, right. um, for people with excessive quick weight gain. I tried everything. I tried all these drugs and all these diets, and I just couldn't get to a point where I was happy and I was healthy and I still felt good because anything that made me lose weight was not good for me in a multitude of other ways. Yeah. So, yeah, probably about 18 months ago I decided enough was enough and it wasn't worth trying all these things just for the sake of vanity. Mm. And I think as you get a bit older and you start to get used to things, your confidence changes. Now, for me too, I think a big part of it is being in a long-term relationship. Yeah, definitely. And, of course, my husband knows everything I'm going through and why I'm changing and all these things. So it's not like... You know, I got lazy once we got married and stacked on all the way kind of thing. <laughs> right, exactly. We got married and now I can just get fat. Like that, he, he's very understanding of why I'm and would never put any pressure on me to look a certain way or yeah. anything. So I think I got to a point where I was like, you know what, screw it. I look the way I do because of something I'm going through. Anyone who's got the nerve to say anything to you is just an asswipe and screw them. And those who care about you and love you know exactly what you're going through anyway exactly. and are never going to mention it. And then and honestly, the way that you look is the least interesting thing about you. So <laughs> I don't understand why it matters so much, but it does in our heads for some reason. No idea. And I think for me, a lot of the weight I carry is in my tummy. And I, I know that's the hormonal, that's where you're insulin resistant and all that weight carries. So 
for me it's self-consciousness because I can't ever wear anything form-fitting without looking like I'm six months pregnant and obviously not being. Which is upsetting because then people feel the need to say something to you and it just kind of reiterates the fact that you're not pregnant and then you feel even worse. Yeah, I had a run-in with a lady in a shopping centre uh, last year yes. who um, congratulated me on my pregnancy. Actually, it was over a year ago. And I very clearly said to her, oh, that's not a baby. That's um, something I'm having removed shortly because I was about two weeks pre-laparoscopy. Yeah. And she was looked at me like she was mortified. But I was like, how dare you walk up to a stranger and comment on their body? Like, I just can't believe. Like, we're in 2023 or 2022 when this happened to you. Why are we still commenting on women's bodies? Why is this still a thing? People, stop. If yeah. you feel the need to say something about a woman's appearance, just shh. Just don't. Just it's don't. They know. <laughs> no one needs you unless you want to say that somebody has a really cool hairstyle or a nice dress or something. But do not comment on a woman's body. Nope. Never. No. Not not appropriate. No. And, you know, even, all oh, you've gotten so thin is not always a compliment because some people don't want to be that thin or they don't need the mental anguish of thinking about their body size. Just don't ever compliment also, on anyone's body. if they're spiralling in a bad position and they're losing weight because they're having some issues with their body, like this is something that happened to me a lot when I went through my worst period of disordered eating, people were like, oh my God, you look so good. How did you do it? How did you lose the weight? And the truth was that I just didn't eat anything. And I um, passed out almost constantly. Yeah, yeah. I was hospitalized several times and, you know, that was the whole thing and it was a bad time. But every time somebody would say like, oh, you look so great, it would just fuel yeah. my disordered eating so much harder because I'd be like, oh, my God, it's working. Yeah. People are noticing. And I, my skin looked like a crack addict. Mm. It, I was so unhealthy. But it was every time somebody would say to me, like, oh, you look great. You look so thin. You lost so much weight. It would just continue to spur yeah, me into this, like, extra excellent, now I won't eat for three days. And it's, it's insane. Like, so regardless of what I did, I wasn't happy. So I decided that was it. I, you know, my husband loves me the way I am. My family and friends love me the way I am. I'm just going to concentrate on what makes me feel good. Yes. And, you know, I'm going to play with my wardrobe and find things I feel confident in. Um, my wardrobe is currently three bedrooms full of clothes. We're slowly <laughs> trying to cull. But, you know, we're getting there. But at the end of the day, I think I just got to a point where I was like, well, this is going to be me for the next few years while we do these fertility treatments. And then maybe once all this is done and dusted and all my hormones settle down, I can focus on trying to get back to a point where I feel good about myself. And, yeah. you know, I don't, because I said the other week, I don't feel great carrying extra weight. I just feel sluggish and uncomfortable and just generally not wonderful. But I feel better than I do when I'm starving myself kind yeah. of thing. And I think a turning point for me was we went on a houseboat last year and I don't do swimsuits. Like I showed you mm. last summer I'd bought like the mummiest, grandmariest swimsuits. <laughs> they were literally like one pieces with sleeves. <laughs> like I was covering every inch of myself. I was like, nope, I don't want anyone to see this. Like this is not good. Um, we have like theme park parks, dream world and white water world and stuff. And we went and wild and I wanted to go to these theme parks, but I didn't want to wear a swimsuit. And I was like, no, I can't wear a one piece because it'll fit on my stomach and you'll see my backside and my thighs. And, you know, it was just an ordeal to the mm -hmm. point where I was like, I'm just not going out in public in swimmers. It's just not happening. And then we went on this houseboat and I was like, oh God, I haven't bought swimmers that fit me in years because I don't wear them in public. But, you know, I guess I'd better find some because we we're going with a group of friends. Mm -hmm. And 
I did. I went and I found actually like some bikinis that felt good, like some high-waisted, firm, hold-me-in kind of things. But, you know, just concentrated on things that accentuated the parts I do like, like my boobs and stuff. And I actually got on the boat and I wasn't as self-conscious as I thought I would be. I was happy to walk around in my swimwear with just like a throw-over cover. And I just... I was like, you know what? Who cares? Like, my yeah. friends aren't going to judge me. My nope. husband's not going to judge me. Nope. I can't not enjoy life because I'm bigger than I normally am. And yeah, it's just I, something so just irrelevant. Like, and... it's horrible that it plagues our brains so much because, in the grand scheme of things, like, you had two options, right? You go on the boat, you feel like crap, you don't get to enjoy yourself because you're so busy worrying about how self conscious you are, or you just chuck it to the wind like you did. And you go and have a great time yeah. and you had the best Yeah, it was great. Time. We just laid in the sun in the spa, drank, you know, rode a little boat over to shore and that was a struggle and back. But we just <laughs> had fun for a few days and it yeah. was it was great because I wasn't thinking about how I looked. And I was like, well, these people are my friends. They're not going to say anything. Let's no. just go for it. And I think from then on, I was just like, well, you know what? Who cares? Yeah. Like at the end of the day. And I think that has a slight negative to it. In fact, sometimes I get too comfortable. So these days you will not catch me in anything pretty much other than active wear or a maxi dress. That's me. <laughs> There's not a lot of effort that goes into my style these days, but I think a lot of that coincides with working from home now as well. Mm. I don't have to get dressed to go to the office anymore. Also, I feel like that's the zeitgeist of fashion now, at least in Australia. It's yeah. very post-pandemic. No one wants to be wearing tight-fitted complicated outfits everyone's like mm, can I just wear the flowiest comfiest thing that I own and like yeah. make sure my hair's washed so I look like I tried <laughs> yeah like I the skinny jeans and stiletto sounds like absolute hell to me and I I, I, I don't own stilettos anymore no That's beyond me yeah <laughs> but so I think I just got to a point where I was like we're going for comfort here we're going for what makes me feel physically good and mentally good and yeah, while I'm not the weight I would hope I would be and I don't look the way that I love and sometimes I catch a photo of myself and go, oh, good God, that's not a great angle. I think we all do that. Yeah. Whether you're trying to conceive, pregnant, not even on a baby journey, like not everyone loves themselves 24-7. Um, if you do, go you. I want to know how you do it. <laughs> that's insane. Do you Share your have therapy or something? Because like I need that. But I think everyone's always going to have those moments where they don't feel themselves but I think for me it's a matter of knowing this is probably temporary and I can devote my time and efforts back to my health once I've achieved the current goal because I can't do it all no exactly and that's it I think it's definitely about prioritizing what's the season you're in and yeah. then working out like okay so I'm currently in this particular season of my life it's not the time to be wearing you know just a crop top and tiny booty shorts <laughs> to go for a walk in the afternoon because that's just not my stage no. you know and that's fine and if you are in that stage all power to you yeah. but you've just got to cut yourself some slack and give yourself the breathing room to prioritize other things prioritize being comfortable prioritize wanting to have your baby so you know health is more important than thinness in this particular time of your life which I feel like should always be the case that yeah. health should come first but just because of the age that we are what we grew up with was thinness was yeah number when, one you know the 90 supermodels who weighed all of 50 kilos and that was our influence and yeah i know it's not great 
Um, and then, you know, after your fertility treatments, you're just going to put more weight on if you do hopefully get pregnant. Mm. And I only have a first trimester insight into that. But in the first few weeks alone, the bloating and the change to your body yeah. is insane. Um, and I guess that's where I will kind of hand it over to you because you can take yeah. it from there as to the rest of your body changes throughout pregnancy. And... Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, it absolutely changes your body or at least it did for me. I think I was probably lucky in the fact that I didn't put on a lot of weight overall. So with my pregnancy, I only went up one dress size, which I know is really like a really privileged. And I think a lot of that is my job is super physical. So I worked up until 36 weeks. So I didn't really have much of a choice to just sit on the couch and do nothing. And also I had the energy to keep working. So I think that that probably contributed like a lot of people say if you can be physically active during your pregnancy it will help and I was out walking a week after my c-section as well I recovered really quickly everything was good to go in terms of physical activity after six weeks so that certainly helped me through that but definitely I think that being pregnant for me was a definite mind shift for me. So like I've kind of touched on previously, I had some pretty bad disordered eating through my high school years and then later on through my early 20s. Amy, you saw how creepily thin that I got at some points. And then probably as I moved through my life and sort of hit my mid-20s, got in a stable relationship, got away from people who fueled my mm-hmm. eating disordered tendencies, some people that I found were a bit toxic in that way bit of a friendship situation that was a bit difficult for me and then obviously I had a really bad relationship as well which really took a toll on me quite physically because Mm -hmm. I felt like to cut a long story short I got cheated on a whole lot so I was constantly comparing myself to other women because I knew that he was constantly comparing me to other women so it definitely affected me in terms of how I viewed myself and how desperately I wanted to be thin I just never was that person naturally like my healthy uh stage of of body weight is a little bit heavier on the heavier side I've definitely never been considered obese I'm not a plus size person I definitely walk around in (laughs) a a straight size I suppose like I've never had to shop online because I can't buy clothes in a store and I know that that comes from a position of privilege but in my head, and I'm very short as well, so <laughs> in my head, like anything more than a size 10 was Australian was like, I couldn't, I, that was awful. I couldn't do that. That's, you know, I, I just had it in my head that that was and like. And we get these ideas the that size are unrealistic, like you, you're not going to stay one size for your whole no, life. No, absolutely not. So as I started to veer into like a 10 to 12, I was like, okay, well, I can't go past this. And then once you get pregnant, like. I guess like you don't have as much control over it as you would like. So I definitely went through a stage of trying to find clothes to fit my growing body. And I had a really weird pregnancy in the fact that probably for the first, I'd say like 25 weeks, people constantly told me how small my bump was and all of that negative, crazy, disordered thoughts from previous that I thought I'd moved through came back Mm. and I spent so much time on Instagram like googling 
11 week old bump or 16 week old bump just to see what other people were doing and it was insane I was like I look the way I look just leave it alone yeah and then I hit 25 weeks and I popped (laughs) and I mean like I popped and all of a sudden I looked 30 weeks and then as I was getting closer and closer to my due date people were like oh my god are you having twins like people would say that to me a good friend of mine came to my baby shower and she saw me and she hadn't seen me for a while she's like oh my god you look huge and I was like oh (laughs) thanks and I was just like oh my god and it just messed with my head a little bit and the thing is that the majority of my pregnancy I actually felt the best in my body I'd ever felt like I'm not a body con kind of girly but when I was pregnant and I had this bump I was like oh I love Show this up. like I'm, I'm happy to wear a little bodycon because it's like the only time it's acceptable for you to have a belly is if there's a baby in it <laughs> it's not a pot belly it's a baby yeah. belly, so <laughs> it's not like you know a chip's belly there's I'm growing a baby um so I think that was yeah it was kind of good and kind of bad like I had to work really hard on my body image while I was pregnant and most of the time I felt really really good it was just occasionally when people would make a comment that I'd sort of question myself and kind of veer back into that. But I have the tools now to work through that a mm. lot easier. Like I just sort of said to my partner, Ash, and I'd be like, oh, my God, somebody said this to me today and, like, it really hurt my feelings. And he'd just be like, you are an absolute miracle. You are reversing entropy. Like, just embrace what you're doing <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God, you're so right. Like, I'm growing a person. Yeah. The fact that my bump is big or small or whatever is nobody's business, actually. If your doctor says your baby's healthy, then that's all that matters. Well, that's it. And, like, I did find, like, people would say, oh, he seems really big. I'd be like, oh, well, he's breached, so he's actually sitting across me. So that's why he looks a bit bigger. And I was just like, what am I doing? This is so silly. And I think it really helped my confidence to just be like, it's actually none of anybody else's business how I look. And if I look happy and healthy and my baby is happy and healthy, then that's all that should really matter. Mm -hmm. And I think that I was able to carry that through the postpartum time as well. That was probably a lot harder though. Like I do kind of think overall my mental health and the way that I saw my body during pregnancy was pretty healthy. And I think I've even like thought at other times, like, oh, I remember when I was pregnant, I could wear this and it was really cute. But now I put it on, I'm like, oh, maybe not. But actually people just accept it more when they know it's a baby rather than, yeah. oh, that person's just chubby. Oh, that's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, it's, it's crazy. But people are like, oh, that person's got a super round belly. Well, she's pregnant, so it's fine. Oh, that person like. Yeah, it's like an acceptable belly versus the unacceptable belly, yeah. which is really strange. And I think that the number one takeaway is just don't say anything. Yeah. Like I, it's just insane that we still comment about it. Yeah. And then I think on the flip side is obviously once I'd had the baby, like the first kind of couple of weeks, you're sort of in your baby bubble and you don't have too much time to think about it. But as I was starting to come out of it, and like, and I needed to go back to work after six weeks, so I was like, oh, what pants am I going to wear? Because, you know, I've got this scar and I'm a little bit uncomfortable and I still have a little bit of a belly. And yes, I copped that question from my four-year-old niece who was like, why is your belly still big if that baby is here? And this was like (laughs) when we were in in the hospital and I was like, oh, well, I only had him yesterday. So need some time for it to you know, go down because it's like a big balloon and it hasn't gone down yet. And she was like, okay, and off she trotted, you know. But those kind of things, like you can either let them 
ruin your day or just go, okay, well, that's what it is. And I think it's just a matter of like kindness to yourself. I would mm-hmm. never say to Amy, like, oh, gee, you know, you had that baby three months ago. What are you <laughs> doing about it? Now. <laughs> and that's the thing. I was just like, I need to start adopting the kindness that I would show to a friend who had just been through this to myself. Yeah. And I've had discussions with other mamas who have been in that situation. They're like, oh, I'm not back to where I was. And I was like, why does that matter? Like, it's actually not important. What is important is your beautiful child. So I really think it's just a matter of, extending kindness to yourself and being okay with it and I think for me because I was such a fashion girly I had this like wardrobe that I was so happy with as well before I got pregnant and I loved every piece in my wardrobe and I had some really cool dresses and these vintage jeans that I thrifted and you'd never find them again if you tried and they were from the 90s and I just loved them so much and I had these like cool like Denim cutoffs, same thing, like totally vintage, would never find them again. My vintage Levi's are never going to fit me again. It's <sighs> bad, but we have to just face it. Yeah. So I think it was like the nine months in, nine months out thing that like tripped me up a little bit. And I was just like, oh, I'm not back into my pre-pregnancy jeans. And I've had the nine months and I haven't done it. And then I was like, oh, I'll, you know, it'll, I'll wait until it's a year. And then I actually read some information and it was like it can take up to three years Mm -hmm. for you to get back to the state you were in before you had a baby and for the a lot of women you never do yeah and that's okay yeah like tell me another time where you literally grow an organ a whole other person (laughs) and then you just expect your body to go back to how it was there are women who that happens for but, not but it's not everyone and it's I don't think it should be normalized as the norm either mm-hmm. like I think that probably as with all other body image things you see stuff on Instagram and TikTok and you think oh well if that person it happens for them it should be the same for everyone and it's just not yeah and it shouldn't be perpetuated as the normal thing that it's like oh well you know nine months in nine months out you're on a clock come on hurry up it's like no no not on that clock I'm on the clock of making sure that my baby is thriving yeah making sure that I'm establishing a really beautiful bond with that child making sure that I'm having time with that child it shouldn't be oh mommy can't play with you because mommy's got to go to the gym yeah because I have to get back into this size and if I don't my entire world will end like, that's just silly. And I think we should touch on It's not just weight. There's things you can't change. Like, I have stretch marks. I oh, have yeah. scars from my surgery. Yeah. My stomach does not look anything like it used to look, and it never will. Even nope. if I manage to lose the weight and get back to my pre-fertility journey weight, my body's never going to look the same. I yep. have scars. I have stretch marks, all sorts of things, and they're not going to go away. Yep. And there's nothing we can do about it except embrace it. Hey, those surgeries were necessary to help me get where I'm going. And those stretch marks are a reminder of a pregnancy that was rough, but it was the most promising result I've had so far and yeah. was kind of what spurs me on. So, you know, there's not just weight. There's so many other things. There's the shape of your boobs. People are always complaining. Oh, or, yeah, or, that changes. Like, <laughs> everything's going to change. So even if you manage to get back to your weight, pre-pregnancy weight or whatever it may be your body's never going to be identical no and that's the thing and I think it's just we've got to cut ourselves some slack and realize that like once again the way that you look is the most uninteresting thing about you if that is the best thing that you're bringing to the table maybe evaluate some stuff going on in your life because there's just so much more to 
life and your mm-hmm. children are not looking at you and going, oh, wow, my mum's fat and ugly. No. Like they're looking at you and going, my mum is a really kind person. My mum cares for me. My mum plays with me. Those are the things that matter to kids. The way that you look, they, they don't care. No. Like, And if you are in a healthy body that you can get her up and run around with those kids, then, then it's not going to affect them. Whether you carry more, like five kilos more weight than you did before, they didn't even know you then. So why does it matter to them? Yeah, exactly. So you're only trying to appeal to people that you probably don't even know and why do you care about what they think? Isn't it the people who love you that you should care about their opinion of you? Exactly. And I guarantee if somebody loves you, they don't give a shit how you look. It's so irrelevant. Yeah. Like that's like saying, oh, well, if I lost a finger, my partner would leave me. Like it's just <laughs> silly. If that's the truth, then you need to find a better partner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if your whole relationship is based on the size you are, then there's some more things to And how many in. fingers you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta find a better boyfriend. That's yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, guys, I know that today has been a pretty heavy topic, but I hope you can share in some of the levity. The point is that we are certainly in an area where we appreciate our bodies for what it does for us and what we can do. We go to the gym together <laughs> and we absolutely kick our butts. And we're no influencers, but you know, <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. There was an influencer in my class this morning, and I was like, oh, I just don't have the energy to be that person. But you know what? We worked really, really hard, and I think that's probably what counts a lot more than. And we go to sweat, and you know, just make feel good, feel better. Yeah, got to get those endorphins, baby. I'm not. I don't look at our gym as an opportunity to lose weight. I look at our gym as an hour where. My little man gets to play with some other babies and get looked after while mummy gets some her time. And it's mental breathing space for me as well as physical breathing space. So And just getting some fitness. Yeah. yeah. That's it. I mean, kids are a lot of work. <laughs> so you've got to have that fitness. That stamina. Yeah. If I could, if there's any like pregnant mamas out there who are like wondering what kind of things they should be doing in preparation for the next stage, lift some things. <laughs> Because that's what you're doing. You are squatting all day, lifting. That's that's what it is. So we do Pilates, we do yeah. yoga. It's good stuff. But, yeah, if, if your only goal is trying to lose weight, it's probably not going to be the thing that fulfills your, your soul. Because yeah. even when I was my skinniest, I was the most unhappy I've ever been. Yeah. And all I ate was rice cakes. It was so depressing. <laughs> Oh, my God. I wouldn't even have milk in my coffee because I was like, nope, too many calories and dairy. Yeah, no. It's just an interesting time when you're fad dieting or starving yourself. It's not a fun time. Just don't do it, guys. Not recommended. Two post-dieters can give you any advice. It ain't worth it. Work on your health. Work on your happy relationships. And don't worry so much about what you look like because it doesn't matter. No one cares. <laughs> all right guys thanks so much for joining us as always you know you can follow us on spotify we're on apple Podcasts. we are also on audible and a whole bunch of other places you can get your podcast so follow us wherever you need to to listen to us subscribe so you can stay up to date with our episodes which drop every monday morning at 5 a.m unless you know disaster strikes and for some reason our lives get taken over but... unless life is chaos it's usually there on a monday morning <laughs> generally Let's say we're there. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. So come join the community. Until next week. See you. Bye. Bye.